Welcome to the Career Ready Podcast. Learn about resumes, cover letters, LinkedIn, interviewing, and all things you need to be career ready with the Career Service Center at College of DuPage. I'm your host, Pierre Michaels. Today, I'm going to talk about handling salary negotiation. And I'm your other co-host for this episode, Rebecca Harrington. I'm going to start our episode today by continuing our discussion about the communication NACE competency. We have talked about the NACE competencies a few times on this podcast, but just as a reminder, in case you haven't heard about them in previous episodes, the NACE competencies are the key skills that employers want the people they hire to have. And NACE is the National Association of Colleges and Employers, so it's where the employers that hire college graduates talk to those of us in career services. So one of the most important skills, they say, is communication. NACE defines communication as, quote, clearly and effectively exchange information, ideas, facts, and perspectives with persons inside and outside of an organization. Today, we're going to focus on one of the sample behaviors that NACE mentions for the communication competency, employ active listening, persuasion, and influencing skills. Can you guess why I picked this one, Pierre? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like we're already previewing salary negotiation here. (laughs) A little bit. Uh, We're going to talk about it kind of in terms of of, uh, just it in general and with interviewing, but I have a feeling this is going to come up uh, (laughs) as we talk about negotiation. So we're going to actually spend most of our time really on the first part, which is active listening. This is, again, relevant to what we're talking about today. We all know that listening carefully is important, but we don't always use active listening skills, or at least we're not conscious of using them. Active listening is more than just hearing what someone says. It's actually understanding the complete message that's being told to you. That means understanding the context of what someone is saying and really focusing so that you don't get distracted and can ask questions if you need clarification. There are a few tips to help you use active listening. One is to repeat words or phrases that people say. It could be as simple as acknowledging that you hear somebody by nodding your head or saying, "Uh uh-huh. You might also want to respond when appropriate. Obviously, we don't want to interrupt anyone, but when there's a pause, either recap what they're saying, ask a question, or make a comment so that it's clear that you understand. Or if what you say makes it clear that you don't understand what they're saying, then they can better explain what they have said. Be sure to start with reflection and questions before going into your own agenda, right? Things like, what I'm hearing is this, or what do you mean when you say to get that, those questions out there? The other words in that behavior were to persuade and influence. Active listening is the first step to being able to influence, persuade, or negotiate with someone. And that's because it helps you understand what they're saying so that you can better respond to what they're saying. The reality is, if you don't understand what a person is telling you, if you then try to change their mind, if you try to add your own ideas to what they're saying or try to negotiate something different, it won't work because all they're going to hear is that you didn't understand what they were saying. What do you think uh, about that, Pierre? <laughs> like, just because I know there's a lot of information in there, but like that idea of like, if you don't understand what someone's saying, they're not going to listen to anything else you have to say. Yeah. And it's not even just what they're saying, but it's like how they're presenting it, how they're mm-hmm. feeling behind that, their reasoning for that. So you may hear what they're saying, mm-hmm. going back to the difference of the hearing and the active right, listening, right. but there's maybe a deeper meaning that we have to dive deeper into and try to understand 
So we'll talk a little bit more about this when we get say, into that salary conversation. I don't want to preview too but, much, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, this is definitely something, you know, that you're going to talk about, but you know, it's something that we need in kind of a lot of professional situations. So one example we've been talking about a lot lately uh, is interviewing, you know, really making sure that you understand the question being asked of you in the interview. So that might mean that you repeat the question while you're processing what it is that they're saying. Um, And that makes it clear that you heard it, too. Uh, And then it'll also help you plan your answer. (laughs) So just repeating the question or maybe rephrasing it. You might also ask clarifying questions to make sure that you understand what they're asking. Or I'm going to be honest with you, a little trick would be if you need a little more time (laughs) to be able to answer the question, ask a question about the question, even if you actually feel pretty confident that you understand it but it will still give you then a little bit more time (laughs) while they explain. Uh, And, you know, even as you're answering the question, you might stop for a moment and think, actually, you know, you said this, but now that I'm thinking about it, this is the situation I'm talking about. Is that actually what you were thinking? Or maybe were you thinking of something else? So just kind of getting that clarification. And it's all about being open and just having that communication and not just assuming that you understand what someone's saying. So we all know communication is important, but when we're in this job searching time frame, it really needs to be at a really high level. I think that's kind of something we've been talking about with professionalism, that we show the employer that we understand. Like this is the time to be the most active listening, (laughs) you know, is when you're doing that job search that you are really paying attention to what they write, what they say, uh, and really try to understand, like you said, the context of what they're saying. So I hope that helps. I hope that's going to be something that, uh, (laughs) Pierre, you find helpful for your discussion today. And I am excited to learn about salary negotiations. All right, Rebecca, thanks for reviewing that NACE behavior as it relates to communication. We've already hit on those pieces that kind of tie into this salary negotiation. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Throughout this semester, this season, we've been talking about interviewing and that whole process, the salary negotiation. It's part of the interview. It's also kind of like Mm -hmm. post-interview, but it ties right in to it. Um, So that's what we're going to be wrapping up this season with. But before I get started, I want to point out while we're referring to it as salary negotiation, the ideas shared aren't limited to salary and could incorporate other potential benefits. Yes. If that negotiation process is only focused in on salary, then you're missing out on other pieces of the pie. So also consider different benefits such as insurance or retirement planning, time off, maybe vacations, paid time off. Maybe it's a work from home day, a lot of different potential things it could be. Rebecca, any other ideas that could be part of this negotiation? Absolutely. I think a big one for people is just even basic schedule. You know, which um, shift are you going to work or what days, what hours? Um, And that kind of goes along with like childcare. So maybe either some reimbursement for your childcare or again, just maybe flexibility with your schedule because, you know, someone might have a game or a doctor's appointment, whatever that is. And it could even be um, instead of like a salary increase, it could be something like a signing bonus, 
So maybe a one-time payment, maybe stock options. I mean, you can really get advanced <laughs> with your salary negotiations. But I think that I love that you brought this up because there is so much more to consider. And sometimes maybe a company isn't able to budge on the salary, but they will be able to budge on other things. Yeah. So thanks for highlighting some of those other components, because as you said, those employers may be limited in one area, but we could look into something else. And as we go through this negotiation process, we have to be set to bring that up. But now that I've kind of hit on that Mm -hmm. point of we need to bring it up, otherwise it's not on the table, we may not always be able to bring something up or it may not always make sense to bring something up. So being aware of these potentials is important, but also be aware of the industry and doing that research because sometimes it's just not appropriate based off of that type of work for that to be negotiated or to be brought up. So just because it's something that we could negotiate doesn't mean that it will make sense in every single setting. Yeah. I mean, even like a real basic thing is if it's a union job, it's kind of all set for you. You know, now that's an extreme example, you know, as far as negotiations goes. But um, but yeah, there's a lot of factors at play. Yeah. So now that we've kind of covered those disclaimers (laughs) as we prepare for this conversation, we're just going to start off with the basics. And that is doing the research, wanting to understand your worth. So a great starting point, a very important starting point is looking at the organization's website, looking at their job postings, seeing what information they're sharing, uh, where they're starting off at, what they've provided historically. But that only gives you perspective of the company. We also want to be aware of the industry and what the market looks like. A great tool you could be using is Career Coach. If you've been listening to us for a while, you've probably heard us bring this up. It provides great local workforce data, including that salary information for all types of positions at all different levels. But that is only one resource that is out there. Rebecca, what are some other resources you would recommend someone look into? Yeah. So looking for salary information, it can be tricky. Some companies are going to include it on their website. Some won't. um, But it's always worth looking to see if you can find that. Um, Some other websites, Glassdoor is very popular. Uh, You know, the salary com also very popular. I think the Bureau of Labor S- Statistics is good. Um, even ONET, we've talked about ONET on here before. You can get some basic salary information. Um, but you could even think about like on LinkedIn, maybe there's some LinkedIn groups for a particular industry and they might be happy to talk about some salary information or I've already had those discussions. Um, recruiters, so especially if you're using a recruiter to kind of help you find opportunities they're usually pretty good. Um, oftentimes are spe- uh, specific to an industry um, uh, and they'll be able to give you an idea of what to expect. Yeah. And I want to stick on that point a little bit. You also mentioned LinkedIn groups, this idea of our network. So if it's a recruiter mm-hmm. or maybe it is like industry connections, mm-hmm. if it's directly through a LinkedIn group or maybe it's people that we've connected with in the past, these could be great resources because they're connected to the industry, connected to the field. So they could at least talk about it in that way. Maybe they know specifically at the company some Mm -hmm. ranges, some information. But taking that research a step further beyond the salary and the benefits, maybe it's getting some insight into how that company approaches negotiation and the timing of different things and what to expect Mm -hmm. as you go through that process. 
So utilize that network as you're doing that research, as you're really preparing to identify what is an appropriate way to approach this, the appropriate range and those benefits, those salary conversations. You'll feel more confident. And with that confidence, uh, we can then kind of move forward, right? We've done that research. We figured out this opportunity, what it's providing. So now we want to think about plan B. What are we going to do if this doesn't work out? Mm. Or maybe do we have to make this work out? Right. You know, being able to identify what our alternative option is, plan B, maybe plan C, D, we line those up because that gives us an idea of how far we may want to push this negotiation. If we've been in this job search and we've been having a lot of success, we have a lot of options, we have different paths we could be going down, well, then I'm going to push it. I'm going to get what I can because I have options. I have other doors that are open. But if I'm on the other end, I've been job searching for a while. The market isn't great for my industry. I've been struggling. I need something. Well, maybe I'll settle. I won't push for as much as what I desire just because I need something. Mm-hmm. It's a really great point. But uh, the important thing here, right, even if we're kind of set to settle down or not push it as much as we can, we still want to push. We still want to have this conversation um, just to get it going. If we don't have this conversation, we're automatically limiting our earning potential at this position, but also as we move forward. Research has shown that people that negotiate early on for that first professional career job, they have higher earning potential throughout the course of their career. So starting off well uh, in that salary makes a big difference. But even if you're later in your career journey, to do that negotiation creates more earning potential for you. Definitely. So now we know this is important. We are starting to evaluate how important it is and how much we want to push for it. So let's think about how we may want to approach the conversation. And this is going to tie back into some of what we were talking about as far as that active listening and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out uh, what that employer is really looking for. A lot of times when we're talking about salary negotiation, we're going to approach it from a logical perspective. We're going to say that I'm looking for this uh, amount and this is why I'm worth it, right? We're really tying in directly to what we have to offer to this price, this value, this salary that is coming through, right? So this logical reasoning provides a direct connection. But this isn't always why employers are resistant to it. Right. You know, they could see that sometimes or maybe you do have to upsell yourself a little bit. But there's a lot of reasons why that employer may be resistant. So being an active listener throughout that interview process can tie into helping identify why they may be resistant. And Rebecca, there's endless lists (laughs) out there why someone may think a way they think. But what are some ways you think an employer may be resistant to negotiating salary and additional benefits? Yeah, it's always a, it kind of feels like a, I want to say a dangerous, that seems like a really strong word, but it's a, uh, an emotionally fraught conversation, right? Um, But, you know, it is, I mean, emotions are involved, but the reality is, you know, it is, it should be um, a more of a conversation, you know, but it 
it doesn't always work that way. So I think you're right. The act of listening, looking at body language, sometimes sometimes it is uh, reading emails. You know, the this is where you want to pay attention so that hopefully you can identify some of these resisting things. I would say one of the most common that I will hear is the organizational constraints. They'll say something like, you know, we just, our organization doesn't do that, or this is the salary that's been put. I, you know, this is the budget we have. There's nothing I can do. Right. Um, But there's other things too. Um, Sometimes there's just kind of an emotional reaction. So maybe that person is um, someone that, you know, just thinks that what you Maybe they're not used to (laughs) having a salary negotiation and they kind of respond emotionally or sometimes they kind of have their own personal thing where they're just like, I don't respond to that or, you know, that's kind of not my, you know, way of doing things. I would never do it that way. And so they just kind of have their own like personal reaction to it. Um, They could be resistant to change. So maybe they've never really had somebody try to negotiate with them before or not for this position at least. But, you know, if the job market's there, like you said, if you're getting a bunch of other offers and, you know, then they may have to do it. Um, they might be testing your their limits, <laughs> you know, so it's like they really want you, but they just want to see you know, how, how hard are you going to fight for this? Um, you know, how much do you really want it? And, you know, it could also be just like people have different behaviors, different communication styles. So the way one person communicates might be different than the other. And they just may kind of bristle at the way that you say something. Uh, so sometimes it's just kind of thinking about like, is there an alternative approach that I could use? Yeah, right. So uh, thanks for hitting on a number of different reasons. And you know, what we want to pay attention to as we go through the interview process, as we've had these conversations, what are they saying? Right. So we're actively mm-hmm. listening as we're preparing for this negotiation, as we're having this conversation to give us some insight into where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, th- so that logical approach, th- that's pretty cut and dry. But maybe they're saying something like, is there a different cap on the salary range for this position? Is there a firm policy, you know, that relates to this being here, right, the cap? Uh, So then being able to uh, identify, okay, this is where they're at. Mm -hmm. How can I approach it, right? Being able to identify, okay, they're very emotional about this. They're not so much concerned about the logical, but, you know, they just don't like people that are money hungry or something like that. All right, this is going to change how we approach that conversation. You know, maybe, you know, we are picking up just that difference in presentation and, oh, they don't like you because you're a little bit more relaxed and they're very buttoned up. We have to be sensing these things because that's going to change how we approach the conversation. So each situation will be different. We just have to understand that there's many points of resistance and we have to be picking up on these by being an active listener, hearing what they're saying, really watching how they're presenting themselves so then we can negotiate better later on. So this has been a lot of preparation, kind of like the interview. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I always say the interview is just a moment in time. It's really the preparation that determines how it goes. Same thing here with the salary negotiation. We're doing that research to determine our worth. We're looking 
at why they may be resistant. We are trying to evaluate how we want to move forward, our alternatives. And this is all before we get into this conversation. So we're better prepared. So now let's look at how this may play out. And there's a lot of ways this may play out. So I'm just going to share some kind of like hypotheticals and ways that we may want to be responding to potential pushbacks that we get. And as we go through this process, a general rule of thumb is you really don't want to be the first person sharing the range. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's always, there's a little bit of a game, I think, that that uh, you and the employer are going to play with us. Yeah, and we're going to kind of walk through that game. But this is something where they realize that they have leverage if you say it first. So we want to hold off on saying it so we can salvage some of that leverage. So if they are asking about our range, we want to be respectful to the question. Mm -hmm. right? They're asking it. So maybe a way we respond is at this point in the process, I'm focused on finding the right fit. I'm confident when I do, salary and compensation will not be an issue. Ooh, I like that. Why is that so good? <laughs> well, it's good because, you know, you are kind of deflecting back to them, but you are responding to what they asked about, mm -hmm. you know. And I think, you know, this is what you were kind of referencing earlier, where when you do negotiate salary, it's going to be important that you have that confidence in your ability and that you can articulate why you're worth that money. But it kind of puts it back on them. Yeah. And, put, and and puts it down the road too. Yeah, puts it back on them, puts it down the road. And part of it is is still really focusing on I want to do this job. Right. I want to learn about the work itself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not in it for the benefits. Not that, you know, <laughs> we I mean, we're doing this so we could leverage for more benefits, but the response keeps the focus on the opportunity. Well, and this because this is something that often gets asked early in the process, like this is not necessarily like when they give you the offer letter, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is something that happens. It could be in your very first phone call with yeah. them, you know, or the or an in-person interview. Yeah. So we've responded and time maybe has passed. Maybe it's right there in the moment and they want the range. Right? So now they're asking, you know, what are you looking for? I need something to put into the system. Mm -hmm. You know, they're coming back at you. Well, then maybe even though we've done the research, we could say something like, what is the range for the position? So you're just putting it back on them. Again, we're really trying not to lose that leverage. Hopefully they respond first. And then we could say something like, yes, I think that will fit my needs. So again, we're just kind of pushing down the whole negotiation later. We're just confirming that this range is appropriate. I know what it is. I'm happy with this general range. Maybe there's further pushback. Sometimes employers really want this information, right? So then maybe we could ask what has been the starting range for people in the position for the last two years. So we're putting it back on them, right? We're having this conversation. We're dialoguing. Hopefully they respond. They share something. And again, we could say, I think that range is appropriate. It fits into what I'm looking for. But if they give you more pushback and they don't share something, now we're at a stage where we may have to start making some decisions, right? We can't push back too much, but maybe you're getting turned off. Why are they so protective of this information? Why won't they share exactly. it? Exactly. Yes, we're learning right? something and, about Yeah, them. we're learning about their culture and you're like, this is such a taboo thing. Right. Like, are they going to take care of me later? Exactly. Because I think as, as a candidate, it's kind of, it's clear why you're not wanting to share 
right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, the other thing I just want to mention, and it depends on the state that you're in, but you know, you don't necessarily have to give what you what you currently earn mm-hmm. or have previously earned in this uh, these kind of conversations. Yeah. So then maybe with that conversation, you're deciding, you know, what I'm I still want to pursue this. They're giving me a lot of pushback, but I like this opportunity. You still don't want to reveal mm-hmm. your range. Maybe uh, you say something like, "Once you have that information available, preach out and reach out and let me know." Yeah. Yeah. So now, like, we're not closing the door, but mm-hmm. we're putting it on them of, hey, reach out, let me know, because I want this to continue, but I want you to value me as yeah, this continues. Exactly. <laughs> and something else that we can be doing as we go through this process, if we just feel that, okay, the time has come, a range needs to be shared, we could just say, this isn't necessarily my range. But from the research I've done, I think X to Y is an appropriate number. Yeah. And sometimes they really do push or it could even be on the application itself. Uh, And so in order to even apply for the job, you have to put in something. Um, So that's where that research that you talked about earlier is going to come in handy. Uh, And something else you can talk about, too, I was just thinking with with some of this is kind of acknowledging that compensation is more than just salary. Like we were talking about earlier that, you know, you're excited to hear their compensation package and you don't want to judge an opportunity just on a number. You know, something where you're kind of saying, like, I want to hear about all of what you have, you know, to offer. You know, they they may bring up things like schedules and flexible work hours and remote work. And all of that is something to listen to and, you know, just learn from. That will help you later on. Yeah, right. There's a lot of things to be evaluating through this. Um, Hopefully this information shared so far has been helpful. But I've got news for you. We haven't even hit the negotiation stage yet. Oh, I know. This is a... (laughs) This is a long process. I was thinking about this. We may have to do more episodes. We'll we'll see. <laughs> this is just a, an overview. Yeah. Basically, everything we've been talking about so far is planting the seeds. But why I say we haven't really hit that negotiation yet is because that negotiation indicates a back and forth. Mm. Right. This mm-hmm. was a lot of preparation. This was trying to identify their range, not giving up that leverage. So I'm going to wrap up here. Maybe there will be future episodes (laughs) because this is such (laughs) an important topic here. But we want to make sure that we're not diving deep into this negotiation until we get a written offer. Yes. If we have that written offer, again, that provides us a little bit more leverage because they're really interested in us. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, But it also gives us a very firm starting point for this conversation. So now that we have that starting point from the employer, we can provide a counter offer. Mm -hmm. And that counter offer is triggering the back and forth. That counter offer should make sense based off the research, right? Where we started, we know what is appropriate thing to ask for. And you could say something like, I understand the entry level pay is X, but I'm not only a top performing student, I'm also experienced in A, B, and C, which makes me well-prepared to do this work and hit the ground running. I would like to see this number a little bit closer to Y. Ooh, that's great. Actually, you know what that makes me think of? This would be great, if, uh, especially if you're someone that's had an internship, mm-hmm. right? The Yet another benefit of having an internship is you can say that you've got some of that even more uh, experience. Yeah. So, and this is that logical approach mm-hmm. that we were hitting on earlier. So we're overcoming these barriers of, okay, this is the starting pay or this is the pay we want you at. 
you're promoting why you're worth more. Mm -hmm. But as we said earlier, there's a lot of points of resistance. So try to think of what else they may be resistant to, what's holding them back, and expand on this. Incorporate other ways that you're overcoming that resistance, overcoming what's holding them back, so then you can continue this negotiation, this back and forth. And as you propose why, right, your salary, your benefit package you're looking at, remember, this is your aspirational goal. This is the top of it, right? You're not going to propose your midpoint. You're proposing the top. And this may be aggressive, but this is the starting point. Remember, this is the start of the back and forth. They provided theirs, which will become the minimum. You're going to provide yours, which will become the cap. And then you're going to go back and forth. You'll drop a little bit, but they'll come up a little bit. That's how that negotiation process works. And as you make some of these concessions, as you're reducing that amount you're asking for, don't forget all those other potential things that we've talked about. Maybe that wasn't part of your proposal at first. Maybe you did like their proposal, but you actually wanted uh, extra work from home day. Mm-hmm. So... Instead, you say, well, I want instead of X, Y plus a work from home day. And they're like, oh, we we can't do Y, but we'll give you that work from home day. Or there's a lot of manipulation in how you can be formulating that package and what that discussion is. And maybe you concede on something, but then you throw something in and say, all right, I'll drop from Y to X, but can we throw this in? Again, negotiation, that back and forth process. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, just to kind of go back to to what you were saying with um, so, or we were talking about earlier with the different resistance and all of that. Again, if you see that they or if they say something like, you know, our policy is not to negotiate salary or our policy is, you know, or this is the range, you know, or for whatever reason, they're like, ah, you know, I can't I can't um, do any more money. Um, then th- that's where coming back with some of these other items that you can negotiate might be something that mm-hmm. could work for them. Um, and I, I think it, it <laughs> one of the things that you don't want with salary negotiation too is for you to give a counter offer and for them to be like, yeah, that sounds good. Because you know then you undersold yourself. Mm-hmm. What you, you want them to come back with a slightly higher than before, but not quite as high as what you offered number. If that happens, then you know you're actually getting close to a really good number for yourself. Yeah, if they just accept whatever your counter is, things were left on the table. Yeah, And that's why that's that aspirational. It's a high number. Mm-hmm. It may be aggressive, but a scary to do, but you, know, you don't want to leave anything off the table. Mm-hmm. So I know this is a lot, but it's just scraping the surface of selling negotiation. And as we end here, we've been hitting on it, but I want to go back to Rebecca's behavior as it ties in to communication, employee active listening, persuasion, and influencing skills. We're describing the negotiation process. This may be an intimidating process to go through, but think about it. We're actually demonstrating a behavior Mm. that they value when we negotiate. So when we're negotiating, we're just naturally showing skill sets that they value. Of course, we want to be respectful through the process Mm -hmm. because if we're not respectful, then we're not doing ourselves any good. But just to have this conversation isn't going to close the door on anything. 
It's just showing confidence. It's showing good communication as we do it. It's showing good leadership mm -hmm. and being able to stand up and have these types of conversations, leadership, um, going through all that process. So make sure that you take advantage of these opportunities and negotiate your salary and other benefits you're looking for. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's the way that um, I think it, it's what companies expect and it's something that we don't often take enough advantage of as candidates. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, it's great um, to get started with it, to start thinking about it. Um, and oh, just really one question I have before we kind of wrap up today. When should they start that research for salary or for, you know, an employer? There might be some different times to do that. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I guess it's what kind of research are we talking about at that time? Mm -hmm. You should be doing this research right away. If you're saying I'm interested in this industry, mm -hmm. you want to be looking into that. You want to be identifying what is that market like. And then as you move forward and you're applying to jobs, you want to research that as you're applying. Mm -hmm. You want to be seeing if there's something out there even before you submit the application. So then you can really be prepared. As you said earlier, sometimes they ask for something on the application. We're not sharing what we're currently making because some laws don't let you let them ask you that. But whenever we're presenting this, don't think about it as what you're earning. Think of what you want to be earning, right? That right. salary that you're asking for. But that research could come in later, but the earlier it comes in, the better is basically right. the answer. And I think you'll feel more confident then mm -hmm. as you go into it. Oh, thanks so much. All right. Well, thank you to all our listeners for joining us today. We hope you feel better prepared to negotiate your future opportunities. Um, we didn't have a listener question in today's episode, but if you do have a question and you want to hear it answered in a future episode, you can submit it to careerpodcast.cod.edu. As we end here, we encourage you to join us for our next three bonus episodes where we interview faculty experts in the fields of human resources, fashion, and paralegal. 